You're listening to Beyond the Page, a podcast where the editors of PRISM, OSU's art and literary journal, dive deeper into and engage with the creative works of students in the OSU community. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I am Christina Wright. I am the assistant editor of PRISM. And I am here today with a special guest who will be featured as the cover artist for our new issue coming out November 30th, Volume 137. And his name is Luke Bennett. Would you like to introduce yourself, please? uh, Thanks so much. Hi, my name is Luke Bennett. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I was really excited to be able to submit some pieces to PRISM, and I'm really um, more excited to see that they'll be printed on those covers. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. So can you tell us what you're studying right now? Uh, Yeah. So I don't actually study anything in the art world. Um, My major is actually in German um, and education. So uh, I'm pretty interested in foreign language and foreign language education. Um, I dabble a lot more in the international community and do some work uh, with the International Language Club. Um, I'm also involved in ASOSU. Um, I sit as the Judicial Council Chair there. So Um, Most of my time is actually spent uh, in either political spheres or international spheres. Uh, And I think it's kind of cool. In my free time, I like to draw, paint, um, and work with different mediums like that in a more artsy way. Um, And so it's cool to see that kind of reflected now in PRISM um, and moving forward as well. Awesome. You know, I'm really curious to know how your studies influence your art. Yeah. They do probably in ways that I don't even know. (laughs) Um, So last year, actually, I was really lucky to um, spend some time abroad over in Germany. It's, of course, required for my degree, but it's a pretty good requirement, I should say. Uh, And I think a lot of that speaks to um, how I view certain aspects of our culture um, and how I reflect those in some of my pieces. Um, I didn't submit all of these to prison, but I have others that speak to more cultural uh, aspects of um, of the U.S. and of Corvallis. Um, I also grew up from a pretty small town, and I feel like whenever I um, draw, I kind of um, look for pieces or draw on inspiration um, that reflects a more uh, diverse attitude, simply because I didn't have the opportunity to be exposed to a lot of diversity. So I think having been exposed to uh, diverse cultures now, um, I think that's reflected in my work. How it is, I'm not completely sure, but I'm sure it comes through somehow. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm thinking about on the cover, the one that is titled Reflection is Not Us. Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed when uh, when it was submitted is that us is capitalized, like Mm. all of it. So for me personally, I thought of that as like a U.S. thing at first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of happy you picked up on that. Um, That was intentional. Um, Yes. I, I like that it can be read both ways. Mm-hmm. Reflection is not the U.S. or reflection is not us. Um, the S, of course, isn't capitalized. But I was definitely going for the sense of um, the values that we reflect sometimes um, may not be internally who we are. And trying to find those values, even within our culture, I think nowadays is really difficult. So when we uh, really, really reflect, um, we have to take into consideration a lot of different things going on in our lives and a lot of different things going on in society. So I think initial reflection 
isn't always exactly who we are. So that's kind of right. what that's heading out there. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that too in the piece because it seems like the tree is almost reflected, but not quite. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that piece um, actually goes, uh, it's based off of my tattoo. So okay. um, I got a tattoo while I was in Germany and um, the trees specifically, um, at least within my tattoo, they're based on the fir tree, um, which is Oregon's like tree, right? Um, and then it reflects into an oak tree, um, which is the tree of Germany. Uh, and so there's mm. this connection there. For me, uh, it's a lot more personal. When I did the piece, I changed it around, of course, but the tattoo for me reflects that um, those differing sides of me and that reflection um, between the two, but they're still connected at the same time. Uh, and a part of that also utilizing the trees in those aspects mm -hmm. um, really for me is about growth. So the piece itself doesn't have growth written on it. My tattoo does. Um, and that's reflective of me uh, and how I kind of move forward. I think I've gone through a lot of growth um, as we all have as college students. And I think um, the trees... Uh, try to show that that reflection perhaps um, is something that continues to change, that mm -hmm. um, continues to grow moving forward. And I think we, it's okay to accept that and understand that reflection is complex. <sighs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I really enjoy about both of your pieces um, mm -hmm. is that it's seemingly really simple, but there's a lot of meaning in this. Like mm -hmm. there's, it seems like every bit is symbolic. And so in your next piece that's on the back cover yeah. left behind that one. <laughs> um i i really like that one because it's seeming like the almost like the opposite of the first one because the reflection is not us that one is very bright whereas mm -hmm. left behind is really dark one of the things i find to be the shining moment is mm -hmm. the thumbprint in the <laughs> moon it took a few times for me to see that it was a thumbprint mm -hmm. and so i'm really curious about how that is a symbol in the in the piece as a whole, but also how that connects with the title. Okay, yeah. Uh, so my initial inspiration for that um, really came about, like I said, I work a little bit in like international spheres sometimes and mm -hmm. with international students. Um, and a lot of that comes from people saying that uh, foreign language is the fingerprint of their culture. Mm. Um, what language we speak is reflective of our culture as a whole sometimes. Um, whether or not I agree with that um, is another thing, but um, the fingerprint in that way was showing um, uh, kind of how um, we all leave different marks on our world. So uh, I really wanted to do something that, of course, encapsulated the Earth. Um, I actually started with the moon first, um, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, what am I going to put on here as well? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, well, I should put on Earth, but I'm like, it'll just be boring, it'll just be an Earth. So I thought about this concept of a fingerprint um, and how it's reflective of the culture of the people, but then also um, the title uh, speaks a little bit more to after we're gone. So left mm -hmm. behind, um, it's the mark that we leave on the world. Uh, a fingerprint is a literal um, individual, unique aspect of a person. Um, I have a twin brother. We don't even have the same fingerprints, right? And so mm -hmm. um, there are these unique aspects that uh, whenever we leave this earth or um, even just move between different places, we leave different marks on the world in different ways. And so I really wanted to show that in the piece with the concept of left behind. And I like that you note the title too, because I think that does uh, change the meaning a little bit um, yeah. if you're uh, simply just looking at the image versus with the title there as well. 
yeah, the it really does change. <laughs> I feel like each time I discover something new, it changes the meaning of everything. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of like little intricate details, mm-hmm. but like I think it's interesting you you mentioned like languages being the footprint that we leave behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, as someone who studies languages, yeah. I'm sure you I'm sure you've encountered like a lot of different languages that may have been gone. Like in your travels, were there any times where um, there were like, let's say, international students fighting to revive a dead Mm, language? Okay, yeah. Not explicitly, but I think of um, I have a friend whom I met while I was abroad um, who was actually from the Basque country of Spain. And so Mm. um, Basque is a really interesting language. It's um, considered a language isolate. Uh, in the sense that it never, uh, it's not related to other European languages. And so if you listen to it, it's actually really interesting. Um, and he, of course, speaks it fluently. He speaks five languages fluently or something like that. Uh, but I thought that was interesting because that's a really big part of who he is. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't really get to express that part of him a lot. Not a lot of people speak Basque in the world. Um, I had never heard it even uh, spoken until I heard him do so. And so uh, that's a part that he takes with him everywhere. Um, mm. Much like myself, we take English with us or other aspects of our lives. But um, yeah, I think overall um, that left behind, you can really use it in a lot of different ways, however <laughs> it really like speaks to you. Um, and I think a language or a linguistic way of looking at it is also just as valid. Something we talked about before uh, recording is you said that you're more artistically, you're more into photography and the pieces um, both left behind and not a reflection of us Mm -hmm. are both with painting. So I'm wondering what was it about those mediums that Mm -hmm. kind of drew you to make those paintings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like that you bring up um, that I dabble a little more in photography. Um, when I first came to OSU as a freshman, uh, I considered majoring in like graphic design or something along those lines. Um, I was a German major still, German in education. Um, and so I tried to do a minor, but we don't offer a minor in graphic design here at OSU, which is unfortunate. But um, it was su- yeah, no, <laughs> it was suggested <laughs> that um, I do photography instead. So I've really been into that. Um, for some time, and that is the medium that I usually go with. Um, however, I really wanted to get back into um, art in general and different mediums. Mm. Uh, in high school, I worked a little bit more with um, painting and drawing, inking, things like that. These are probably more um, raw of what I enjoy doing. Um, okay. I usually paint in my free time, right, or draw in my free time. I'm really a fan, though, right now, also of multimedia work. And um, so I'm currently doing a lot in the darkroom. So whenever you're developing a photo, you can do a lot with the film. You could scratch it or something. Or you could, um, in the actual enlargement process, you can do something on the paper to block out certain things or make things Mm. brighter, darker, um, dodging and burning and all of that. Uh, And I think that's really cool. I like the concept of a physical piece coming together, but through a different multimedia. Um, These pieces... um, are different than perhaps what I normally do, but like I said, they're also a little more raw. The issue will be on stands November 30th, and the day before is our launch party, where you also can pick it up earlier. And you can also hear Miriam Barnes and other uh, contributors read their work. We're also going to have their art up on the walls as well, displayed. Um, But luckily you get to hear it here first, Our next special guest, we have the cover poet who has two of her poems in this edition um, called Rise of Prism. And 
Her name is Miriam Barnes. Will you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Miriam. I'm a junior at OSU. I'm a kinesiology major, eventually hoping to go into physical therapy. Uh, I've been writing my whole life. It's always been a passion of mine, and it's very exciting to be in PRISM. So you've been writing your whole life. When you were a kid, was there someone or something that drew you to it? Probably the Harry Potter series. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I used to try and write prose, but I always found that poetry was more of my strong suit. It just felt easier and flowed better. Um, but I've always been a bookworm, so all of those <laughs> have been inspirations of mine. Light bulb girl. I'm a little desk lamp in a quiet corner of a dark library. You don't have to flip me on. I'm already burning for myself. You just have to find me. And take the moment you get to sit in the light I wish to show you. Come read with me. Sing to me of the beautiful stories surrounding me. Desk lamps aren't the most spectacular fireworks and light shows, but we are the illumination you need, more than you can realize. Until you've wandered a dark library alone, the books grow spiny shadows and awkward glints of moonlight through narrow high-ceilinged windows. And even the brightest exit signs seem lost in this maze of shelves and pages. So gather at my wooden hearth, this little glowing circle, to pick up the pieces of your heart before you journey on. Or perhaps you'll find the brightness to your liking and stay for more than a passing moment. Perhaps you're a desk lamp too, with different bulbs or designs, of course, but I recognize you. Or maybe you're a candelabra, flashlight, or string of multicolor Christmas lights. Don't worry, all light fixtures are welcome here. Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. Um, I really feel like it's... I feel like it's an important message right now, too. I think there's a lot of reasons to be divisive right now mm -hmm. in this social climate. And <laughs> the more we can talk about how, even though we're different, we can still be together, yeah. the better, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I really love that because I feel like it's so relatable to everyone here mm -hmm. because we're in dark libraries a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering, like, what was... Like, what was the process of writing that like for you? Like, what was, like, what inspired that? That's always, it's always difficult. Because with poetry, a lot of the time is it, it'll be a specific emotion or some kind of event that'll just start it and something will just flow from it and you don't necessarily know where you're starting from. Honestly, this one started because I have a little desk lamp sitting on my desk at home um, that I've had since I was probably like 12. It's just this little red lamp and I was sitting there with my notebook and just... I was like, I could, I could kind of identify with this. Just a little desk lamp chilling in a quiet corner of the library, doing your own thing, um, and that there's a lot of power in that. You're in your own space, you're existing, you're doing your own thing, but you're also in this giant library with all of everybody else's story, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually, it's great that you mentioned that, because I want to talk about how it's like not just this one kind of lamp. It's mm -hmm. like, no, all of the lamps. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's different, and yeah. that's okay, and we can all work together and make light together. Oh, <laughs> uh, beautiful. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I just love that imagery, too, because it's like when we are all in a library, we all are different, but we're all coming together, mm -hmm. working for the greater common good, you know, or at least our education. Yeah. <laughs> a little great. That's, that's greater good i'll say yeah. that yeah. we're hoping it'll pay off yeah. we're paying a lot for it now how does knowing you're going to be in prison like you're published mm -hmm. now knowing you're going to be on the cover like how how has that made you feel has that changed your writing at all or like it was very exciting when i saw it like 
it's given uh, more inspiration to like actually keep going because mm-hmm. um, I've written my whole life, but it's usually been in bits and pieces, and like I'll write for like a week consistently and then not write for a while, right? Like waiting yes. for that inspiration to hit you. Versus um, this summer, I started writing consistently and just started filling up the pages of a journal, um, and then this has just kind of given fuel to keep that going. Nice. Yeah. So, like, your editing process has certainly changed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> it used to be uh, I'd write a poem and then I wouldn't really look at it again because I wouldn't really think about it. There wasn't really very many people I would share it with. Oh, okay. um, Versus um, now, like, uh, I always handwrite them. Typically, I've almost never written them straight onto a computer. Mm-hmm. And then I'll transfer um, from the notebook to the computer, and that'll start the editing process where I'll be reading through it and then making edits as I'm transferring. And mm. then I'll read through after that and look at it again. I like the idea of having like the almost like a mixed media. It's like you're mm-hmm. writing it first, like getting it from your, your heart to pen. Yeah. You know? And then then taking it to that computer because it forces you to think of it differently because the you know, the notebook page looks completely different from the computer mm-hmm. page. Yeah, it'll often change where the line breaks are because the notebook is very much smaller than like a computer screen. Mm-hmm. So the lines might go on for longer or they might stop shorter because the computer screen is a different dimension. It seems like you're drawing a lot from the environment around you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering in your writing process and not only with these poems, but just in general, like how does the environment influence you? Um, I would definitely say it's like a good concrete starting point for things. Um a lot of the time the poem will begin from some it can be something really small in the environment like a desk lamp um mixed with something that I'm feeling at the moment or something that I remember from the past and then those two will kind of collide and just bang out a poem I guess right (laughs) yeah (laughs) I guess because what I'm wondering is like when you're in a different space Mm -hmm. from when it was the original like do you like how how, (laughs) it's like how do you get back into that feeling because you know it's like like you said like if you did if you did let the poem go like sit for a week Mm -hmm. and then you come back to it to re-edit it and kind of revisit it it's like like what do you do to get that moment back Mm. I don't know if you can ever really get that moment back and that's a good way to edit things um Mm -hmm. because you have you're not necessarily you can read through it and then get your kind of back in the headspace and might be able to see from somebody else's perspective to more clearly like understand the poem and look where things might be muddy or where you can include more um, like imagery from the beginning and just like because I did the whole thing of light throughout it and different like light fixtures and what they might look like um, and just going back and being able to add those in when you're thinking about the metaphor as a whole for the poem. Nature claimed soul. Rebuild myself with sunset-steeped mountains, quiet nights settled in bedrolls by still waters. Give me the hard-to-breathe, adrenaline-marbled days, woken by the shock of still being alive. Balance me in the crook of hands, curved to skip stones across lake waters, trained to angle the edge just right, to glide instead of sink. I, I, honestly, this poem is kind of a good... Uh, like metaphor for metaphor for most of my summer. Uh, I spent a lot of time outside and I went and did things I'd never done before. I went cliff jumping for the first time and yeah, it, was, it was really exciting. Oh. So just kind of the adrenaline, adrenaline marble days, it w- led to a really fun and different summer than I was used to. Last week, I don't know if you saw it, I did a poem graphic and I put the, I put the hold me in the hands to my stones because it's just I just love this Im- imagery because the hands, like we imagine either they're really big or we're really small, but either mm-hmm. way they're cupped like to hold us. Yeah. You know? It's just, just comfortable like feeling, mm-hmm. warm feeling. Yes. 
Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. For more content, features, and overall creative sensibilities, hop on over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where you'll find us under the handle at OSU Prison. Or you can check out our blog, Back Matter, by visiting orangemedianetwork.com slash prism. Until next time.